Hit him with the riff. Hit him with the bass line. I knew what erstwhile meant, but I don't. This is your four times a week weekly podcast hosted by a weak man with a strong heart. And that's me, Nick. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please just tell a friend. I mean, I know it's early on in the podcast, but if you've been listening, I just ask that you tell a friend or you pick up my album on Bandcamp. I'll mention it at the end. Guess who's back in the studio today? And by the studio, I mean my moist room. It's A.L. A.L. Senior. Moist boys. What happened to those guys? I used to love the Moist Boys. Yeah, they were super great. The Moist Boys was a Ween sign project. Did you uh, ever pick up Moist Boys 2? I loved the album Moist Boys 2. And that came out on uh, Grand Royal. Yes, Moist Boys 1, Moist Boys 2. The Moist Boys 10-inch I owned of Moist Boys 1. Very cool cover. On the tenants, it was like this weird writing for, you know, <clears throat> Moist Boys. Uh, and, uh, very problematic band in the 21st century. Yeah, were they? They wouldn't. Well, they had a really anti-Jewish song actually <laughs> called <laughs> "Man of the Year." Have you <laughs> have you ever faced pro-Semitism? <laughs> Philo-Semitism. <laughs> like professional Semitism. <laughs> every day. Every day, bro. It's every day, bro. So, uh, A.L., thank you for coming back on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me back. What a pleasure it is to be in this world of... what? How would you describe it, even? Well, A.L.'s in my bedroom right now, where I normally do the podcast. <laughs> and, um, you know, this bedroom, It's uh, right now it's extra stuffed because I'm trying to sell a bunch of things on Kijiji, so they're sort of, like, all set up. I wish we could give everybody a... A 360 VR. <laughs> One day I'll do the room tour. It'll take about a second. Immersive, interactive. Um, yeah, and there's sort of Russian doll type of things around here. Uh, clowns, photos of lost loved ones, rubber chickens. I found a John Krakauer book that Nick didn't know he had. Uh, books. My, my father, this was the room he convalesced in. Mm. And then after he died, my sister lived in this room. And then she moved out, and now I live in this room. So a lot of history, and Office that's why... Considered your, this is a great room. The energy is good the in The energy is really There's great. no question. I love the book. The, the books. Well, that's what's cool is like you have my dad's books, but then you also have my sister's books, and then to a much lesser extent, you have my books. And, um, and you're getting rid of your books. I know. I'm not getting rid of all of my books. I'm just getting rid of like Hunter Thompson, 
getting rid of confessions of why? a dangerous mind. But why? Because <laughs> I think I got, I squeezed that lemon dry. You know what I'm saying? Are you a fan, Hunter? Hunter? Well, he was good. He's part of the he's part of the conversation. He was a good writer. He was a good writer. He was a good journalist for some years. You mm-hmm. know. He kind of lost the plot, but no, too much, too much drugs, too much. I think that's grammatically incorrect. Too many, too many, too many cokes, too many cokes. Um, I like. Do you know, ma- yes. People used to call coke <laughs> nose beers. Is that right? I've heard it. I heard the devil's dandruff. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. I think that's from The Vanishing. Um, <laughs> the movie The Vanishing, Dutch film. Well, no, there was an American Vanishing. Yes, with and, Jeff Bridges. Um, wh- really? What's I think she vanished. That's another van. No, that's the remake of the of the um, Dutch of the, Europe, of the Dutch movie. Was it Swedish or Dutch? Uh, you know, it's all the same. It really is. It really is. And, um, no, I'm thinking of Vanishing Point, of course. Yeah. Oh, of course, yes, Vanishing Point, which I've never seen. Oh, no. No, I've got to see it. I haven't seen Point Blank. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Vanishing, Vanishing Point. I haven't seen um, To Live and Die in L.A. Oh, wow, man, I haven't too. seen uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Well, we can talk about I, it. I haven't seen... Um, my, I have seen My Bodyguard. I haven't seen... The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard. Well, we can talk about some of these... You know, we we originally talked about, um, I think, looking at different kinds of pathologies and um, mental health issues in uh, in cinema, and and this book really covers that. I found this, I think, in a this was a dollar at some. It's called Real Psychiatry Real with R E E L instead of it's so it's a pun. And so that kind of that kind of deals with um, a lot of the psychiatric conditions that are portrayed in in movies. Um, but um, but I got some other stuff that I wanted to get into actually. Okay, well let's just back up for just a second. Just in the spirit here. of ha- uh, Halloween, not that I. Um, yeah, today we're recording it on Halloween. Um, partake. So Al, you're an enjoyable guest. I uh, go Kurt, ahead. Kurt uh, Newman was also a guest, uh, and and uh, he, hopefully he'll be back sometime soon. You know, we can talk oh, yeah, about yeah. stuff. But we were texting, and you said you did want to talk about uh, psycho. What was it again? Psycho something movies. Psychotic movies. Psychotic movies. Well, you know, you know that I was Shock Corridor. I was. And you um, want to talk about Sam Fuller? Sam Fuller. We can. I can talk about him all day. Um, but um, you know that I worked at Queen Video for ages. And, yes, um, Al worked at one of the uh, premier. Um, I don't know what to call it. You don't. It was beyond a cult film. I would video call it store. an emporium. It was a video emporium that had a great deal of selection, and the employees uh, had enough varied tastes that you would uh, get a lot of good and different recommendations. But Al and um, sort of my friend, our friend Jamie, who was also working there, but especially Al. Uh, you were sort of my go-to guy feeding me movies, which we talked about in the last episode. But uh, so I thought, um, you know, you could be the listener's go-to guy. You know, what can I say? This stuff is kind of in my DNA. And um, one of my favorite publications that go- goes back to 1983 is this book called um, The Psychotronic Encyclopedia of Film, which was written by this guy named uh, Michael Weldon. And um, even though... You know, this is now what thirty-five years ago. Yeah, 
this is a pretty amazing publication, and uh, I, I'm always referencing it and going back to it and sort of getting titles, really cool little gems and little titles hidden in, in this book. And I sort of put together an A to Z of insane titles, and um, some of the descriptions are really, really far out. I think that your listeners might be into it. So you're gonna, we're going to go through 26 movies now. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know if we Maybe. <laughs> maybe just... But you know what? Well, you know what? Maybe this will be a multi-parter. <laughs> well, you know Hunter S. Thompson, you know, and, um, you know, can you remember the first time you saw Fear and Loathing? Yes. I saw it in the theater. I barfed. But, um, yeah, this is a cool little book, and it's kind of like a little uh, desk guide to... Um, and there's some really interesting uh, films in here also, but um, but I digress. The one that I really wanted to discuss was um, the Psychotronic book, which is really okay. fantastic. And, you know, this was this this one right here by Hoberman and Rosenbaum, Midnight Movies, was obviously a classic. And, um, you know, for me, formatively, um, you know, writing about Eraserhead and performance and, um, you know, El Topo. And uh, Freaks. I've never and, seen El Topo. Oh, wow. No, I've seen El Topo. I've never seen Performance. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen Freaks, either. And do you think you ever will, Todd Browning? Oh, I'll see Freaks. I really want to. I feel like I've already seen it. I think it was Johnny Ramone's favorite movie. Yeah, We Accept You, One of Us. Yeah. Yeah. Pinhead. Yeah. What's your cat's name, by the way? Manny. Manny? Yeah. Do you want to pet him? Mm. Are you allergic? Eh. Do you want me to get him out of here? No, it's cool. It's just, uh, oh my goodness. He's a prince. He's a prince. So why don't we start with A? Well, I mean, okay, so uh, page 21, Asphyx. Now, these are all titles to films that could, I think could be great remakes and also great uh, band names. And uh, maybe chapters <laughs> in a short storybook that I'm writing also. Um, so asphyx. So where is that? Right. Okay. Asphyx. It doesn't. It, it it could mean two things. It's got the double <laughs> entendre there. But so what do you? What would you like to hear? Asphyx or asylum? I gotta go with asphyx. Please. Asphyx. Nineteen seventy-two. Fascinating, unique science fiction film set in the eighteen seventies. A photographer inventor discovers he can photograph the spirit of death when briefly enters the body when he dies. He photographs a man being publicly hung and accidentally gets a picture of his own son drowning. The spirit, shown as a protoplasmic floating shape, is captured and used in experiments to achieve immortality. Convincing and well acted with Robert Powell. No way. Does have you seen it? Does that open any doors for you? Have I, you seen I, it? I have not seen it. This <laughs> film is not available. Where are you going to find this movie? The booster. Turn on the booster. There it is. That's it's aspect. Turn off the light. You'll be able to see it better. Uh, I like the idea of ectoplasm being represented in a 1970s film. Protoplasm. Protoplasm. All right, so um, 32. And you think asphyx is, uh, is, is a fetish? It's, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's someone who just always a, wants to fix their ass. A French-Canadian um, metal band. Yes, that's true. I saw Autopsy last week, and I saw this amazing band called Demolition Hammer. You ever heard of them? Oh, I'm, they were I'm killer, so dude. Were they the openers? Yeah, it was like a whole night of older metal. And so Demolition Hammer, Grave, 
Um, border and autopsy. Play. Did a uh, monster chiller horror theater play as well? Uh, no, Billy. But there is right now um, the hilarious House of Frankenstein, the Billy Van Show, the master, the only master tape left in existence. Oh wow! Is being sold for sixty thousand dollars. I'm surprised they can juice that much. Well, no one's bought it yet. Well, holler at me if you heard about this movie. Okay, 1970, I'll Captain Milkshake. No. Marianne Jeff Gage is introduced to drugs and free love while home on leave. He breaks off with hippie girl Andrea Kagan and returns to Vietnam where he dies in action. Music by the Steve Miller Band, Country Joe and the Fish, Quicksilver Messenger Service, and Kaleidoscope with David Korn... Ronald Barca and Bell Greer. That sounds like less of a movie and more of a happening. Wait, you know did what they I mean? say he goes back to Vietnam? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kind of a movie sounds like it was just one of those drive-in kind of things that post-hippies would go to and, you know, tune in and drop out and watch. And... Brutality and cruelty of the law enforcement tactics in this territory are un-American. As a matter of fact, they're downright nasty. What we're trying to say is that we're sick and tired of being maced and being gassed and being shot at. And we're tired of those helicopters dropping poisonous gases all over the campuses. So what we've done is decided to fight violence and hatred with love. You know, and that was the thing about working at QV is that you would want to just being in that environment, you would check stuff out just on title alone. And um, Captain Milkshake is. Do you remember Mad Foxes? Mad Foxes. It was like a really weird dubbed over action movie, Mad Foxes. It's crazy. Interesting. Bodo the Whiz Kid, I'm sure I've forced you to watch that one. No. It's a wild movie. There's a Diplo video that uses footage from Bodo the Whiz Kid, but it's. One of the strangest movies I've ever seen. I actually want to take a second and talk about Boat of the Whiskey. But what about us? How can you just think of yourself? This town ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> but where are you going? To see the world a little. Here. The only evidence... station in Toronto called uh, Showcase, which was uh, it was a commercial channel, but it showed lots of odd movies and uh, a lot of foreign movies. A lot of Cronenberg. A lot of Cronenberg. And in the day, they played this movie, Boto the Whiz Kid, which was a British-German um, co-production starring these blonde twin boys. Um, and it was about this boy named Bodo who's like a smart, genius kid, and whose parents are these sort of vapid, 
80s get up and go types and he has a robot monkey on roller skates that serves him and his crush Nova plays in this Depeche Mode style teen band where the bully everyone else in the band bullies Bodo so Bodo um, clones a cool version of himself played by his twin obviously and the twin as soon as he's born, when he goes uh, down the stairs, basically tries to seduce his mother. And there's this robot that's just a short circuit-style robot ripoff that starts singing a taco song heavy called Heavy Metal and serving drinks to the mother amazing. and son. Yeah, It sounds like a regular, the, the Blondekai episode in regular show season three. I haven't seen it. We'll see it. But yeah, okay. Bodo was uh, complete wildness. I think the film is in, is in full on, on YouTube, and you'll thank me if you watch it. Hmm. Wow. Bodo, huh? Bodo. Well, what about this one right here? This movie is from 1975 and came out of Singapore, actually. It's called Defula. <laughs> the world's first feature film in sign language, and it had to be about a vampire. You're not likely to have a chance to view this very low-budget effort, but it features a limited soundtrack for hearing audiences, a hunchback servant with tin can hands, and a very theatrical-looking vampire. The director, who's deaf, started the first TV news program in sign language in San Francisco. Let the lab boys investigate down there. It's not your business. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. Down there. Come on. And that's awesome. That's Defula. And it's... So it's a Thai... Did you say it's a Thai movie? Singaporean? It's a Singaporean. But the guy started something in San Francisco? Yeah. There you go. Damn. You never know what's going to happen after you make your first feature. Who knew that there was an all-sign language movie out there? That's amazing. You didn't know about Defla. That, that's like that movie that I never really saw, um, the Kung Fu film, um, Crippled Masters. Oh, wow. That was another Queen video gem yeah, discovery. That, I think I did see some of that movie. That Crippled was intense. Crippled Masters is amazing. Another one of my favorites, Heads Out There, Duel to the Death. What's Duel to the Death all about? It's just this fantastic samurai, really bloody, like like all of that spray violence. Mm-hmm. And um, the ending is just the most magnificent, majestic, literally duel to the death that's shot on these beautiful mountains these cliffs overlooking the sea, and these guys basically just hack each other up. You're a Herzog guy, right? Well, how can you not be? I rented Herzog from you. I saw Even Dwarves started small there. I saw him present Wheel of Time at um, the documentary on um, the, um, the the building of the mandalas out of, out of sand at um, the Bloor Cinema, I think, before it was Ted Rogers Cinema. He's super obsessed with... Um... Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski, but just with, with documentaries. The sound of his own voice. Yes, he's definitely obsessed with the sound of he's his, a, he's his amazing. own voice. Um, I'm wondering how all of, of these people dreams. got wrapped up in doing these master classes. You know, like you know, you see. Oh, those, does like, he do a master class? This is Werner Herzog. Uh, this is my class. So I, dumb. I'm, Sorry, Werner, I don't know if What you is know. he teaching? Hey, you have a gauntlet lunchbox. Yeah, my friend Jesse gave that to me when I left L.A. 
My friend Jesse gave it, and I don't want to give up too much, but in it, he wrote a piece, in a piece of paper, he wrote, Nick is a special guy. Isn't that nice? So this is why this is a great room to to do this. Lots of stories going on here. Because the eye just needs I've to I've got run. muscle cream. I've <laughs> got my dad's poetry. Plural. I've got um, a neck Maroon pillow. Five album. It's pretty cool. I don't have a Maroon 5 album. It's right there, man. Let's see it. It's double vinyl. Triple. Uh, give me another movie. So where are we holding? Um, <laughs> man, there's a lot. I mean, like I told you, I really over-prepared and I did this whole A to Z thing. And some <laughs> yeah, of these, um, it's quite interesting. You know, have you seen... Did you ever see The Hand... I know the movie you're talking about. Isn't that like yeah. one of those movies directed by a person who wound up being a big uh, director? Well, yeah, and you know, you know, you know who I'm talking about. We're talking about none other than um, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone's Oliver movie, Stone, the, the director, the, the, screen, the hand. screenwriter, 1971. 1981. Oh, 1981. Wow, that's late. He could not bear. He would not face. Hey! Take a look! Orion Pictures presents Michael Caine in The Hand. You don't want me to go to New York with you, do you? I'm not talking about a separation or anything permanent or anything like that. I thought you understood that. I thought that was why you said well, that. Well, could... we obviously do not understand each other. After newspaper cartoonist Michael Caine loses his right hand and his career in a car wreck, his wife, Andrea Marcovici, pegs him as a loser. I'm a and loser. he loses her, too. I'm not a loser. But he's not alone. His hand comes back to keep him company and to help him kill off some of the people who've been bugging him. <laughs> Another angry and depressing picture from Stone, who wrote and directed, who directed Seizure and won an Oscar for Midnight Express screenplay. What a piece of shit, that man. <laughs> <laughs> down with the... I love... You know what? Part of my dislike for Oliver Stone is a direct reaction to how much I liked Oliver Stone when I was growing up. I mean, Oliver Stone, I just was like... I never saw Salvador, but I think I saw every movie after Salvador. Maybe. Wall Street didn't really stick with me, but... But The Doors definitely did. The Doors, I everything is funny in that. The Doors is one of the funniest oh, movies of all time. Oh, I remember I was a kid and that came out and it was like, that was the... The God of Rock. And cock. I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. Remember that part? Billy Idol playing his friend. Hi, Jim, where are you going? <laughs> I don't see how anybody can hate on that movie. It's you wild. killed my duck. It's so absurd. Oh my god, that's one of the funniest movies ever. And I it's, love the Nico scene. Oh, I'm Nico. <laughs> I'm Nico. And like it was this woman who like looks nothing like Nico, who you can tell Oliver Stone um and who played, cajoled who like played Warhol? Oh, Crispin Glover. Right. Uh, who gave me this phone? Uh, Edie? Did Edie give me this phone? Who played Warhol in Basquiat? Um, David Bowie. Very good. Well, yeah. On, on this. And um, also, who played um, Crispin, Who played Warhol's helper in The Doors? The guy who introduces um, Jim Morrison to Warhol. Sizemore? No. <laughs> no, Sizemore wasn't around at that time. Oh, I think he—he's—I he, think he was. Yeah, he was, but he's not in that movie. Who? Who? Give it up. Paul Williams. Oh. He's like. Oh yeah. He's like Andy. We'll bring you to Andy and Andy. Who played Warhol in I Shot Andy Warhol. That's a good question. That I don't remember. 
Um, we gotta look it up. We gotta look that up. Who did it? Check the Google. Look it box. up on your phone. Uh, I don't have any data. Oh God! I'm just joking. I don't have any. Uh... All right, I'm gonna have to write it in the episode. Uh, <laughs> you in the know. Episode comments. Um, I can't remember. I'm so frustrated that I don't remember who played him. I feel like it was someone like, um, not not um, Skeet Ulrich, but not that far from a Skeet Ulrich type. Um, I never saw that movie. It looked bad. Um, well, you know, that's the thing is you, I really love bad movies. I love bad cinema. You introduced me to some of the most amazing cinema that I even hesitate to call bad because I enjoyed it so much. Like, Cobra is just awesome. Oh, God. And I Come in Peace is awesome. And... Um, that movie has an alternate title also. A lot of people don't... What was I Come in Peace? I Come in Peace. What was the other... Is the other name of it You Leave in Pieces? <laughs> It's something like it's something totally different. It's like Dark Visitor, or something, right? Yeah, something like that. I love that movie. Um, and also Tango and Cash. Oh, that's that's. If it's not Cash, it's, it's Tango. Cash, it's if tango. it's not Tango, it's, it's Cash. Cash. cash also, don't even forget about was it called Red Heat? The one with Jim Belushi uh, and I, Arnold Schwarzenegger. When, I, when when that movie came out when I was a kid, I I went to the bookstore in the mall and I bought the book Red Heat and I read it. And, uh, there was a book? There was a book, yeah. <laughs> I used to love novelizations of um, movies, like the Dick Tracy movie novel or the Batman movie novel. Not the bath, big boy, said Lips Manless. <laughs> um, Flattop didn't understand what was happening. Tracy was coming at him from all angles. I read all of the uh, Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus adaptations <laughs> of... Um, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Conan movies. Conan? As in... The Barbarian. There's Conan. only two. <laughs> only two? There's not three? There's, there's the... And then, well... well Is Schwarzenegger... Great in... point, Nick. There's Barbarian, Destroyer, yeah. and then Red Sonja. Is he in... Is Schwarzenegger in Red Sonja? He is Sonya? not. He is not. I think that's Bridget Nielsen also. But we're yeah. getting way off topic. Oh, like... See, I wanted to... I wanted to um, to drop this gem on you. Man-Made Monster from 1941. Lon Chaney Jr. stars as Dynamo Dan, the electric man, a circus performer who falls into the dark hands of mad doctor Lionel Atwell. The friendly man who can absorb electricity is transformed into a white-faced zombie-like killer in a bulky rubber suit. And Lon is sent to the electric chair, but he survives, kills the warden, and escapes in time to rescue Ann Nagel from the crazed Atwell, a classic of its kind. Sounds like Wes Craven's Shocker. 
have you ever... Oh, Shocker's great. I never saw Shocker's, you know, but I think if I watched Shocker and the Electro Man, it would unite my Shocker's. Did you ever see The Seventh Sign with Lou Diamond Phillips? No, but I've seen La Bamba. Well, talk about it. I was actually talking about this with somebody yesterday. Um, Which one? Lou Diamond Phillips? No, like, I, I, I mean, I was talking about this with a sweet uh, person I know. Um, w- w- uh, music biopics are, even the ones that are praised, they're, like, never good. The, you know, I guess you could say The Doors is good, but it's definitely a bad You didn't good. like Ray? I'm not going to see Ray. Again? Yeah, I've seen Ray, man. Um, All you need to do is watch his Pepsi commercials. I don't know about that. I mean... So name a movie. I mean, The Doors. You know? No, but The Doors is amazing, but it's not. <laughs> I, ju- I kid. Um, I saw Tupac, the new Tupac movie. Not that good. Is and that like the uh, a montage of Heck, the Tupac story? No, I mean, it's F. Gary Gray, right? It's Or no, it's Anton Fuqua? I can't remember. I think it's Anton Fuqua. But uh, it, it, it's... Um, it just was too long, and like you knew what was happening, and and Notorious there's, is super bad. There's a ton that I'm sure Notorious that I can't is super bad. Really recall right now. Remember a uh, crazy thing called or uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love, the Frankie Lyman biopic? Yes. Yeah, and that wasn't that good. Cuba Gooding Jr. I think might have played him. Why? Why am I drawing a blank on? There's there's a ton of them. Um, there really are. Great Balls of Fire with uh, Dennis Quaid. Um, there's, I guess the Does one everybody the, likes. That, everybody likes the uh, Buddy Holly story with um, Gary, Gary Busey. Busey. Yeah. What about Elvis with Kurt Russell, directed <laughs> by John Carpenter? <laughs> Wasn't there also an Elvis miniseries that starred James Franco? No, that was James Dean. Remember the Elvis miniseries that aired on Much? No. Yeah. Much the, music. Yeah, like shout the, out uh, to Much Music, the Canadian music. Big up Teresa Roncon and the Erica M. Pepsi Power Hour. Natalie Richard, Steve uh, Anthony, those Dan Test Pattern. Yeah, Dan I was on Gallagher. Oh, Dan Gallagher from crazy. from Test Pattern. He died. Is he, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, he passed. We lost him as well. He's gone. Well, she's. I guess we're at the end. <laughs> no, I think you have more movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean, come on, I mean, you know, there's um, there's so many. Give me like two more. Like two more titles? Yeah. All right, let's let's do let's do this one. Let's jump ahead to you. All right. 742. It's not M, it's you. Yeah, this movie is called This is another movie that I haven't seen, but uh sounds really good. Maybe. It's called Unwed Mother. It's from 1958. Norma Moore, a small-town girl new to Los Angeles, sees a bright future when Robert Vaughn, a nice boy from a wealthy family, promises to make her dreams come true, and he asks her to help him rob a movie theater. Snagged by unguided emotions, as the ads put it, from the director of over 200 episodes of Peyton Place, with (laughs) Diana Darren, Billy Bird, and Ron Hargrave, who sings the title song. Hey, I got a great great idea. I'm going to do a heist at the movie theater. (laughs) <laughs> All those rich kids, rich boys, they're going to give their pocket, give everything in their pockets to me. I need some me. seed funding. The story of girls who go too far, too fast. It's the authentic emotional drama of girls in trouble. The go for broke generation that tries anything for size. 
the money in this bag. story of a girl who gave too much and took too little. I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure. The greatest joy a woman can have became for her a maelstrom of fear. Why are you doing that? Let's say I'm a little choosy about my patience, dear. I don't take any chances. <laughs> we were talking about Dean Stockwell. <laughs> Let's get back to that. A candy-colored clown named Mr. Sandman. Were you more of a highway to heaven person or a quantum leap person? <laughs> I guess by default, quantum leap. Uh-huh. You know, um, the, I'm not into the baculization of uh, of society, but um, I Enough do think said. Uh, Michael Landon had a dullness that uh, I, I felt like that, like. Hey, I'm the angel and I came here to help. It was all about the sidekick. <laughs> Alright, what are we doing now? What are we doing? We're going to do one more. We're one more. Do, um, Let me ask the, you a question. The, the Werewolf of Washington from 1973. Alright. <clears throat> Directed by Milton Moses Ginsburg. I don't care what it is you're going through, son. Commander Salmon assures me that your problems will not interfere with your job and that's good enough for me. But I don't think Dr. Salmon... No, wait, 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 wait. Jack. Yes, sir. I, I don't care what this uh, gypsy lady told you. Commander Salmon tells me that in uh, in your case, or let's say that in, in this case, the existence of a werewolf has not been verified. So how could you be a werewolf? sometimes effective satire partially inspired by Watergate with the president's <laughs> press secretary, Dean Stockwell, ah. beca- becoming a werewolf. As a Chinese diplomat watches in disbelief, Stockwell is transformed into a hairy creature and bites the president, Biff <laughs> McGuire. Michael Dunn plays Dr. Kiss, a scientist who uses a secret door in a White House men's room to enter a hidden lab and create monsters. Director-writer Ginsburg also edited the film. That's always a good sign. And you know this 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 psychotronic film guide. You're not you don't really see this every day, and um, I just keep going back. Those are amazing movies. You don't mind that? No, those are all movies I know nothing about. And this is 30 years ago that they came up with him. Over 30 years ago. And I don't think you. I mean, I don't have Netflix. I've not. Mm. I never rocked rocked that. But I'm, you're not, I doubt honestly, that you're any not of missing these much. Movies would be on there. I seriously doubt. Everything is really confused. In fact, your best bet are. Uh, I shouldn't even say this publicly. He's just reading about movies. Reading about movies. <laughs> no, it's to go on YouTube. A lot of these movies have been upped on YouTube, and and they won't be there forever. And if you can download them, or you know, I mean, things like Shutter, uh, to some extent, have access to these kind of things. But my guess with the lesser known films, people lament, you know, the pre nineteen sixty five loss of 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 you know, 20% of all the movies that were made, or maybe more. You know about that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see that again, unfortunately. Even though we have... video stores are coming back in a big way. Well, I'm giving away all my... V- I'm selling all my VHS. Someone said, hey, I'll give you a Subway token for the uh, Andy Kaufman CBS special. And I said, I didn't even bother answering the guy. 
I was like, are you kidding me? A subway token for one of the things that shaped who I am? Well, that's the funny thing is that you're probably trying to get rid of this stuff, but when people offer you money for it, you're like, what are you talking about? This is worth, like, so much more. And they're like, it's no, meaningless it's really to not. me. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a really interesting thing that's going on right now as I part with my childhood. Um, because I've grown up and I've grown away from childish things. Haha, <laughs> that's a laugh. Well, <laughs> you know, we lose everything in this world. And what do we gain? And, and VHS. And we gain everything at the end. <laughs> we gain it all back when we do lose Do you think it. at the end you gain the knowledge of the ages? Well, I think it's a trick, you see? Yes? At the end when the lights go out, I think it's, it's just you, yeah? Okay. And it's a disembodied sort of experience and you're in a black box and then somebody <laughs> says like a riddle or a joke or something and you have to solve it kind of like a riddle of the sphinx sort of or delphi kind of a minotaur yeah. centaur kind of a job <laughs> i don't and think then, centaur and then you're that. supposed to get the question wrong and in that moment if you fall into the trap of believing that there really is nothing then you really do lose it all but if you hold on for just a brief moment i think you Go through the eye of the needle and gain everything back in a big whole new way. Well, that's. I hope that happens. But what I think happens too is that um, I think basically Jesus shows up and he goes, I got bad news for you. <laughs> bad news. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, I learned how to say bad news in Yiddish. Nishgitinaya. Nishgitinaya. Is that right? Caller? <laughs> Caller number one. Caller number one. You know what? I never use the bathroom after calling number two. Why does it say Devil Boy on that TV? I don't know. That's my friend DeVita's uh, VHS TV that she gave me. And, and before I had the PlayStation 4, I was playing my PS2 quite happily on it. PlayStation 2, baby. Yeah, I don't, I don't play anything higher than a PS2. So. Do you play PS2? Yeah. At your house? Yeah, at my crib. Sure. What are you playing on it? Uh, Metal Slug, mostly. Metal Slug is like the best game ever. I've got every every edition of Metal Slug on one disc. Oh, that's great. That's crazy. Metal, Metal Slug, Slug is like killer. <laughs> oh my god. Metal Slug very racist, amazing, right? but killer. Um, it is a little racist. You can't get around that. Uh, you know, tomato tomato. Good point. They don't make they don't they don't make them like that anymore. That's for sure. I know. But, um, but you know what? I've been playing GTA Five. I've been playing Fortnite. I can't get enough Fortnite. Does your kid play Fortnite? Uh, no, actually. You might want to keep him away from Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, it's very cartoony looking. The weird thing is that is that they like to watch YouTube videos where people are playing it. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the value? I hear that often. What is from the value people? there? People with children say, my kid watches. I think the value is actually not having your self esteem destroyed because it's like that game is hard. You know, and kids are more adaptive and they get good at stuff fast. But if when you die in it, it's like somebody was f better than me, you know, because it's yeah. all living players. I think that's a great, that's a whole other show. Oh my God, I'm crazy about 40. Video games. I play it and I get my ass kicked, but it keeps me connected to the kids. Do you remember Creepy. how to get the 90 men in uh, Contra? Up, up, down, down, left, left, right. Left, a, right, B, left, start. right, B, select, start. Yeah. Wow, Nick, good job. Do you know the it. um? Do you know the code to get directly to Tyson in uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out? Uh, it's a pa it would have to be a password. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a number password zero zero seven three seven three five nine six three. I'd got I to Tyson. I could never beat Tyson. I couldn't beat Tyson either. Yeah, and it's funny they took out Tyson, and then they. 
that. And they put in McGregor. <laughs> no, they put in... <laughs> they... <laughs> That'd be, like, super funny if you... there was, like, an updated version of Punch-Out, where you're still <laughs> little Joe, little Mac, and uh, you're just a boxer, but then, like, the last guy is, like, a UFC dude. <laughs> He's just, like... I guess there was a UFC guy versus Mayweather. Yeah, McGregor versus Mayweather, right? And he got his ass kicked. Mayweather won. Well, yeah, sure. He got the fists. You, yep, you well, could get the fists. He handed to him this last time also. He which seems, is really crazy in light of all that crazy stuff that he did where he threw the... The van or whatever. He, <laughs> like he shook the van. He lifted up the bus and he threw it at the man. Yeah, he's and then Drake was like... Just gotta say I support oh my gosh. Conor McGregor, uh, even though he's uh, the favorite of. Even though he's not one of the tribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not one of either tribe that I'm involved in. Hello, I'm Drake. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe it. Puss- <laughs> well, you're you're one phone call away from getting him all up in this piece. I mean, I'm, I probably am. I think you could probably kick it here pretty. I could probably do pull some strings. Get, get I was actually walking down the street, as as you do, and I was thinking I could probably get OVO forty in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? His producer Noah, Noah Shabib. Uh, uh, um, I mean I don't know him. I don't know him, but uh, uh, but I, then I'm like, what do you ask Drake's producer? He sounds like an easy guy to con. I think that's to con. <laughs> <laughs> trying to con into a podcast. Um, do you want to play us a tune? Uh, I thought you'd never ask. Very cool. And uh, maybe we'll outro with this. This one's called uh, Harry Dean after the great actor. Harry Dean Stanton. Songwriter. Mime.
Sweet. Sweet delete. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. That was Nick Flanagan Weekly with uh, returning guest, <laughs> AL Senior. Um, there is one more segment. I think I might have that on next week uh, where we discuss lucid dreaming and the like. But for now, uh, that was the episode. And I really hope you enjoyed AL. Um, he's alsenior.bandcamp.com. Medusa Editions on Twitter, Instagram. He's got a great Instagram. You should check it out. It's a great way to see him play music. I am playing a show with him um, Sunday, November 11th. And also with Kurt Newman, who's been on the show before. It's almost a residency. It's his residency monthly at the Transac. But I've been a part of it. This will be my third time. So Ale is a good friend, and and, uh, I love collaborating with him. And I love having him as a guest. He's so knowledgeable, and and, and he's just got a really good eye for the esoteric amazingness. But, yeah, um, if you enjoyed this, you know, as I always say, tell a friend. Tell a couple friends. We've got people listening in Tokyo. In the UK, there's a few listens in New York, lots on the West Coast, so let's just get more and more and more. I appreciate it. And yeah, you can buy my album, White Privilege, at nickflanagan.bandcamp.com. And have a great day, night, morning, evening. Sleep, slumber, life, afterlife, pre-life. Just live it. <laughs>